the disruptive potential that cannabis has to impact sectors such as healthcare, wellness, industrial development, climate change were really too significant to ignore. As long as legislation and policy is not set up in a way that can truly allow African countries to benefit from cannabis, it's going to be fairly limited. Steve D'Angelo out in the US, he's been instrumental in creating the legal cannabis industry in the US. This is the New Age Cannabis Podcast, where we take a fresh look at all things cannabis from an African perspective. Join us and our awesome guest as we walk through the endless capabilities and benefits of cannabis. Today on the podcast, we speak with Sibusi Sutlaba, co-founder and CEO of ACA Group. ACA is a cannabis consultancy that works with top cannabis entrepreneurs across a wide range of businesses and assists them in creating, calibrating, and executing their financial, strategic, and operational plans. Now that's an absolute mouthful. And with that, Sibusisu, welcome to the New Age Cannabis Podcast. Thanks so much, uh, Yao. It's a pleasure to, to be here today and um, certainly excited about our conversation. I'm really looking forward to talking about the business of cannabis. But first, what brought you to cannabis? I think with me, I have always had a passion for entrepreneurship and its potential to transform the African landscape. Um, we all know uh, that uh, Africa is abundant with human capital resources and a young population that's very driven to make a change. Basically, I had uh, been working as an investment banker in, in London for about eight years and had always been looking at what type of project I could get involved in that would allow me to sort of step into the entrepreneurial realm uh, that would have enough of an, uh, an impact. Um, and so I stumbled across uh, cannabis as I was doing some research in the agricultural industry, uh, more generally looking at opportunities there. I'm not someone who's, you know, one of these individuals that have been an activist for life and, you know, have been, uh, you know, trying to to, to sort of bring uh, cannabis to the fore. But my research as I started to, uh, you know, to sort of unpack what cannabis was all about, particularly from uh, a whole host of industry stakeholders that had approached me about the African cannabis industry really blew me away. Um, I realized that the disruptive potential that cannabis has to impact sectors such as healthcare wellness, industrial development, climate change were really too significant to ignore. And so I quit my, uh, my day job, uh, moved back to South Africa to pursue this uh, venture full time. Wow, that sounds like such an interesting journey. So uh, I must say how you entered is quite similar to how I entered where I was not an activist previously. And what brought me to the plant was essentially the same thing, the education and the knowledge of what it is. So finding out more about cannabis is actually quite important to the destigmatization. I uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, it's still, I think, the number one responsibility for some of us that have kind of seen the light. It's that educational responsibility of demystifying uh, decades of uh, propaganda that, you know, with billions of dollars of funding 
towards helping people realize what this plant really is. And I think in 20, 30 years time, uh, we're going to look back at this period in history and just find it very, very hard to believe why uh, cannabis was this prohibited plant with uh, with this perception of it being dangerous uh, for, for society. With that said, you know, it's it's been highly demonized over decades, some would say centuries, if you look at going as far back as the Indian Hemp Drugs Commission of 1894. If we're looking that far back and we look at what we've been restricted from in terms of what cannabis can do, with cannabis coming online industrially and commercially, how do you see it impacting the African developmental landscape? Because at the end of the day, bringing this crop online as a sunrise economy what we would want to see or what we want to actually be able to do is to activate it developmentally, which is where Africa is right now with obviously you know, one of the biggest workforces on the entire planet. So how do you see it impacting the African developmental landscape? I think this is a function of uh, legislation and regulation, uh, at least in the short term. You know, so for example, most African governments haven't quite embraced cannabis uh, for its broad range of uses in in the African context. So most uh, legalization that we're seeing today has been uh, as a result of, let's say, very difficult sort of economic reality on the ground. And so um, legalization has been geared very much towards driving exports. Uh, so leveraging Africa's low cost cannabis production structure in order for, for, for us to export this, uh, this plant. But there hasn't been a real embrace of what cannabis can uh, do uh, at a local level um, within, within the African context. I think as long as re- legislation and policy is not set up in a way that can truly allow uh, African countries to benefit from from cannabis, it's going to be fairly limited. Yes, there will be licensed producers uh, that can uh, grow very high quality compliant cannabis uh, and export that to different parts of the world. And I think that that will certainly support revenue growth, employment uh, and so forth. But the real impact uh, starts when we begin to embrace uh, cannabis uh, for its applications at uh, at a country level. You know, so for example, there's three major areas where uh, I think if we do embrace it uh, locally, it, it can have a very um, significant impact. Number one is on healthcare and the general tools available to address uh, medical conditions on the continent, everything uh, ranging from inflammation uh, induced uh, medical conditions, with, which is a very, very broad group of medical conditions to treating pain, uh, to treating uh, symptoms uh, related to uh, cancer, HIV, and so forth. Uh, it has a very significant potential to offer solutions that are much more sustainable at a much better pr- price point than traditional pharmaceutical drugs. There is a need to research and expand on the application of cannabis within uh, the healthcare uh, industry. And instead of us sort of um, waiting or looking to to the West to get that, uh, that research done, if African governments and countries embrace it for ourselves, we can begin to map out and and really sort of deep dive in terms of uh, uh, the broad range of applications for cannabis to affect healthcare. I think there's also uh, the industrial materials uh, potential uh, related to um, hemp. Um, As we know, there are over 50,000 end products that can be made from hemp. And many of these products are are almost perfect substitutes for high carbon emitting equivalent products today. So if we shift towards 
embracing industrial hemp-based products, investing in sort of the required research, the infrastructure, large-scale cultivation and, uh, and agricultural management, that could be an incredible contribution towards industrialization in a sustainable manner on the African continent, as well as assisting in, in combating climate change because of hemp's very compelling CO2 absorption characteristics. And then lastly, I think that there is a halo effect around an, an almost much more broad legalization within a country that attracts other forms of partnerships, investment, and um, and, and even, uh, for example, tourism that can significantly economically benefit African countries. So you've mentioned quite a, f- quite a few of the uses of hemp. And uh, like you mentioned, there's over 50,000 products that actually can be derived from hemp. So with where Africa is right now and in terms of the stigma and, and the space that you're working in is obviously one that looks outward and within at the same time trying to obviously change the stigma and show the industrial and commercial side of cannabis. Where have you found the most difficulty in terms of engaging and addressing, and I mean specifically governmental stakeholders around what cannabis is, how it can be used and how it should actually be treated as a, as a cash crop or as an industrial resource, not as how it's previously been perceived? I think the biggest challenge has been around the simple bucketing of cannabis into one plant. You know, so the minute we discuss cannabis or hemp, one of the real challenges has been this perception that um, as long as it's cannabis sativa, it's a dangerous substance and it's one that we need to tread carefully around in terms of legalization and, and so forth. And so I think that that distinction or education around that distinction uh, has really been, um, you know, sort of a big priority for us because it is unfortunately currently in, in still a lot of parts of, of the continent still seen as one single crop because it looks the same. It's the same plant effectively. That has really been a challenge. And I think slowly but surely we are starting to see um, the more African countries, um, you know, sort of really getting a good grasp of the industrial potential of cannabis as well as uh, sort of the medicinal flower and chemical uh, side of the plant as well. And we see that in terms of really positive uh, developments over the last few years with countries such as Zimbabwe and Malawi that have really uh, embraced industrial hemp as a uh, as a future priority industry that, for example, can help be a substitute to the declining tobacco industry. South Africa has also made very clear its intentions about growing and developing uh, a large-scale, high-impact hemp industry um, under its uh, national master plan. So we are starting to see a change in perception or, let's say, much more granular understanding of the the cannabis plant. And and that certainly has uh, been very encouraging. And I think it will begin to accelerate uh, as, as sort of more African countries begin to sort of make that distinction and create legislation and regulation that uh, that echo that viewpoint. With that said, you know, you've, you've, you've got all these governments that are heading towards the legalization, industrialization, etc. But on the continent right now, where do you see the best investment opportunities? Uh, specifically, which sectors, which countries, who's really getting it right in terms of moving forward and getting the, the economic cannabis ball, if you will, rolling. 
obviously Lesotho has been the front runner in the in terms of the African cannabis industry. Um, you know, over the last sort of uh, three uh, three years or so, we've estimated that Lesotho has attracted around two hundred million dollars of foreign direct investment for the cannabis industry, um, and and it has certainly um, played a very pivotal role in sparking the the cannabis revolution on the continent. However. Looking uh, into the future and even into the short term, uh, I think South Africa stands um, head and shoulders above many other African countries in terms of it being a great location for investments and for, let's say, global connectivity uh, to the international cannabis industry. And there's a number of reasons for that. But um, first and foremost, um, South Africa has got extremely um, well-developed, well-capitalized agricultural and pharmaceutical industries. And those are the two, at a very broad, uh, you know, sort of um, uh, kind of in broad strokes, those are the two uh, sort of industries that are natural extensions of uh, the cannabis industry. So on the hemp side, large-scale cultivation of of cannabis, perfecting the the growing techniques uh, for the the various end products for cannabis is is going to be essential. And South Africa has uh, that embedded skill set and infrastructure to get that right. And then on the pharmaceutical side, uh, the... uh, uh, you know, South Africa has got very well capitalized, very well run pharmaceutical companies that can assist in deepening our our understanding of the plant and its applications in an African context. And uh, I think also the uh, manufacturing uh, sector within South Africa uh, gives it an edge over many other African countries where value added products can be developed here and uh, be shipped internationally. And I think the, the the real sort of cherry on the cake, if you will, in terms of South Africa and its uh, sort of poor position in our view is the, the cannabis master plan, uh, draft master plan, which has been uh, formulated by various government uh, departments. But what's really encouraging about this master plan is that it's a, a holistic strategy that is uh, that involves multiple stakeholders in the country, you know, sort of working in unison in order for this industry to 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 develop. So on that, to what extent does this master plan utilize or cover your crypto or your blockchain in terms of how we apply cannabis going forward? Because uh, most of the, I guess, the financial research is showing that one of the best ways to track cannabis is from seed to shelf. To what extent does that master plan include cryptocurrencies and blockchaining in terms of tracking uh, of cannabis products of the cannabis market? I don't think there's an explicit inclusion of, um, uh, let's say, blockchain technology or cryptocurrencies. Um, However, there is uh, an acknowledgement for the need of technology that can enable compliance. For example, um, track and trace uh, systems that can sort of help uh, cultivators and operators be able to have a good grasp of where products are and, and sort of ensure that uh, the number of uh, sort of plants that are that are, uh, are planted can all be accounted for and also for consumer safety in terms of having a sense of the journey that a, a plant material has taken from uh, from seed to to sort of the end product uh, so i think there is definitely a level of uh, acknowledgement of the need for for compliant enabling technologies to be embraced i certainly do think that blockchain uh, technology has been embraced in uh, 
the likes of the US, Canada and Europe uh, for compliance purposes within uh, the cannabis industry. And, and there's certainly room for entrepreneurs and even government to begin to think about how these technologies can also be integrated into the cannabis landscape as it develops in, in sort of coming uh, years. Wow, that's phenomenal. It's quite interesting to hear how you've outlaid the cannabis industry in terms of its financial investment capabilities on the African continent, stretching, like you said, all the way from agricultural, which is your primary sector, all the way to your cryptocurrency, which is your very, very high level of tertiary and financial sector. So I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what the African continent has to offer in terms of the cannabis market going forward. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit at the New Age Canna PC and watch the whole conversation on YouTube. It's now time for my favorite part of the show. Sibusisu, are you ready? Ready. Who is your favorite cannabis celebrity or cannabis advocate? <sighs> That's such a good question. I'd have to say Steve D'Angelo out in the in the US. He's been instrumental in transforming, or in fact, in fact, creating the legal cannabis industry in the U.S. And you know, is, is someone that I've had the privilege of um, working with and engaging for some time. And you know, that authenticity in terms of wanting to bring the healing power of this plant to the world is really something that is you know something to admire, especially after you know all the success he's had. I mean, the challenges he had in the beginning in terms of. Uh, you know, really being a, an all-out activist, but then you know, there has been an incredible success that he's had. He still managed to keep, you know, anchored in, in terms of the mission. Next question: What's your favorite capability of the plant? Is it the medical, the construction properties, the biofuel? What's your favorite capability of cannabis? For me, I'd have to say the. Um, it's a tough one because I think there's some there's some really good ones, but I'd have to say uh, on the medicinal side, um, I think as much as you know, we we know of or we've we we know that there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of individuals that have benefited from uh, cannabis med, uh, in terms of uh, uh, medical conditions. I think we're only really scratching the surface in terms of really mapping. Uh, certain strains, formulations to particular medical conditions. So for me, it feels like we've we've sort of just seen the tip of the iceberg, and cannabis is going to demonstrate its its versatility towards addressing a, a, a much broader range of uh, medical conditions and sort of in a much more effective manner uh, in future as sort of more research and clinical trials are done on the uh, applications of this plant. What's your favorite movie or song about cannabis or book? Sure, that's a good question. That's a good question. I think I'd have to say I'd have to go with with uh, some a few of Snoop's um, Snoop songs uh, in terms of <laughs> in terms of in terms of cannabis. Indica or sativa? Uh, sativa. I think just try to be functional, trying to be creative uh, is, is 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 really key. Last question, which African country would you most like to experience cannabis, the indigenous cannabis consumption culture in? Uh, obviously, as you move towards legislation in terms of how they are culturally and how they consume cannabis, which country would you like to go to and experience that? I'd have to say, I'd actually be quite curious to explore uh, the uh, North African countries such as Morocco. 
because of the sort of deep history around uh, cannabis and how it's it's you know been really embraced and and exactly and been you know sort of really woven into the social fabric there. I think that would be really really fascinating and trying to look at the contrast between sort of the really conservative stance around psychoactive elements and you know embracing cannabis itself. So I think that would be quite fascinating. Definitely put me in your bag for that one. I'll definitely come with you. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe to the New Age Cannabis Podcast. To the last part of the show, and I think one of the more important parts of the show is finding out exactly what your call to action is. What do you want to see people getting up and doing to make sure that the cannabis industry actually ends up being something that's beneficial and that actually provides economic development and prosperity, specifically on the African continent. You know, I always kind of uh, view cannabis as uh, almost, uh, you know, the you get individuals that are fortunate enough to be enlightened to understand what cannabis truly is uh, in terms of its applications uh, and so forth. And then uh, there's quite a broad spectrum of society that have a good scientific foundation of understanding particular com- uh, parts of cannabis or its applications. Uh, and then on the other side of that spectrum is, is people who think that this is an extremely dangerous uh, substance. So from my perspective, I always say that individuals that have been fortunate enough to really sort of get behind the veil and truly sort of understand uh, cannabis and its uses, our job is really to educate, uh, you know, friends, uh, family, colleagues, other stakeholders, and really sort of drive that message that this outdated perception of what cannabis is, is is truly holding us back. Because I think if you get to a point within society where the vast majority of uh, individuals truly understand cannabis, including, uh, you know, uh, those in sort of political leadership, business leadership, and so forth, it does not take much for uh, for, for society to take the, the right steps in order to embrace and create a fledgling full spectrum cannabis industry that can really sort of see the um, the economic uh, social benefits of this plant uh, over the next few decades on the continent. To me, that sounds like knowledge is power. Spot on. What are your social media handles? Where can people find you? So on Twitter, I'm at Sibusiso. So S-I-B-U-S-I-S-O. That's probably the most uh, engaging uh, sort of platform. But then on LinkedIn, it's just Sibusiso Klaba. Those are probably the two main social media platforms. Those are actually the sources of most activity uh, for, from our perspective. Thank you for coming on the podcast and giving us insight to the business side of the African cannabis industry. We look forward to having you on the podcast again. Okay, brilliant. Thanks so much. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit at the New Age Canna PC and watch the whole conversation on YouTube.